Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 64. And one of the things that I love most about my current job is the fact that I get to talk to so many different people, so many different runners from literally all across the globe. And as of late, I have struck up an Instagram friendship with someone who lives almost on the complete opposite side of the world from me. And we decided to have a conversation on the podcast because I think she represents many of you guys. And so I wanted you to just be exposed to some of the other runners that are out there that are you know, have lives and they're busy and they have families and they do training and running means something special to them and they go about it in ways that work for them. So without further ado, I present to you my conversation with my Instagram bestie, Angela Levitt. All right, you guys, here we go. We are talking to Angela Levitt today and Angela and I became Instagram besties this past year and I wanted to have her on the show because she brings a unique sort of an interesting perspective to the world of running much like a lot of you guys do because she has a ton of kids they're moving they're doing a bunch of different stuff and she wants to train and is training for some running races this year and so she just super fun. I love watching her stories. I love how she documents the process of everything that she's doing. So, and this, I have to tell you, Angela, this is super cool because most people won't know this until we tell them I am in New Hampshire in the United States. Tell everybody where you are. I am in a small village called Reparoa in New Zealand. New Zealand people. Today is Tuesday for me. What day is it for you? Wednesday. <laughs> I know. It's a good it's day. Amazing. So. It's amazing. It was a brain breaker for me. Like when we were going back and forth over, over text of like, okay, let's coordinate the schedule. And I was just like, you were so fluid with it. And I was just like, this is going to break yeah. my brain to try to figure out what yeah. day and what time. And I had, I had, I think I had like a nightmare last night that I messed it up. And like, I had got the time wrong and my, and you were on like sending me messages like, where are you? You're supposed to be here. Uh, <laughs> no. And no. So luckily. I had to double check too. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're here. It's all good. Okay. So I know a lot about you. I would love for you to share like a little bit about you with everybody else. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Cause you're not originally from New Zealand. Like tell us, no. give us the details on Angela share the details oh my goodness we only have an hour though <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> give, um, us, give us so... the reader's digest version the cliff notes version okay. okay um so my name is angela uh i have been living in new zealand for almost one year we arrived here february uh uh 11th 2021 so this past year has been a whirlwind to say the least, but I'm originally from Canada. Um, my husband and I decided to move to New Zealand uh, a couple of years ago and we prepared to do that. So we also have five children um, ranging from two and my oldest is 10. So I have two girls, two, one at each end and then three boys in the middle. And 
It's really loud at my house. <laughs> I'm one of four kids, so I can sort of relate. Oh, so like I know, you know how wild and crazy it can get with that many kids, but five is probably yeah. like another level. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's an adventure. And so what so, made you guys decide um, to move from Canada to New Zealand? So it's kind of, it's hard to explain because it's very much like, it sounds like really floofy and frilly, but it was something that we just felt like we needed to do. That's like the simplest way to say it. And it felt right in our heart and it, we knew it was going to be big and scary and family and friends wouldn't understand Mm -hmm. because we couldn't explain it. Like, Oh, he got a job there and we're moving there. Like we literally moved here without a job. I love it. (laughs) He found a job in managed isolation. Cause right now in New Zealand, the borders are closed mm. to everyone who's um, not a New Zealand citizen. So my husband is actually a New Zealand citizen cause his mom was born oh, here. Oh, cool. So he was able to get citizenship. So that's how we're here, but yeah. And being here has been, it's been a ride, but it's definitely we're. I feel like the dust is settling and we're getting to a point where I'm like, okay, like I can see myself here. We're not sure how long we'll be here, but mm-hmm. right now, Well, I love that because you know how I'm big on like big, scary goals. And so for, I totally resonate with this idea of you guys just deciding, like having this feeling that this was something that you wanted to do and sort of like working your way towards it. Cause you mentioned like, you know, you, you sort of like led up to that and like kind of got prepared Mm -hmm. for that. And what a change to going from, where did you, where did you live in Canada before you went to New Zealand? I live in, lived in Calgary, Alberta. So like close to Western Canada, nothing like New Zealand. I was just, that was my point. That's for sure. <laughs> that was kind of where I was going with that. It's like total 180, like all the way from mm-hmm. Canada to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So did you bring any cold weather clothing with you? Or did you leave it all in Canada? No. Uh, my husband brought a pair of winter gloves because he really liked them. <laughs> but like at the airport, like it was minus 28 the day we left, like Celsius in Canada. And we handed over our winter coats to like my in-laws and we're like, peace out. <laughs> like my son took his winter boots off and I actually forgot to pack him shoes. So I had to buy shoes for him somewhere. I think at the airport somewhere, he didn't have shoes. I was like, sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love or Maybe he could, I can't remember. That's so great. You guys were just yeah. all in on it. You literally handed over all of your mm-hmm. stuff and you were like, we're never going to need this again, at least for, you know, however long we're in New Zealand. That's so cool. Yeah. So have you always been a runner? Like when did you start picking up running? Okay. So, um, cause it's gotta be difficult to run in minus 28 degrees Celsius. Yes. So my journey to running. So I grew up and I always wanted to be a runner. Um, I always wanted to like look the part and be a runner and I never consistently did it. Um, I was, um, I just felt like I couldn't play the part. I couldn't do it. Hmm. So fast forward, I had my daughter. Um, this is like a, a good, for me, it's like, I feel like when people ask this question, I'm like, this is going to take a while. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a simple answer, but But I don't think anybody's answer to this question, not to interrupt you, is Mm -hmm. simple though. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the way that I came to running is not 
um, simple. Like it was a very roundabout route. You know, I played sports, but I hated running. Like if you mm. had asked me back in the day when mm -hmm. I was playing high school soccer or college softball, like the furthest I ran was around the bases. And if somebody had ever said to me at that point, <laughs> you're going to go on to run hundred miles, and then you're going to actually train to do 200 miles. I'd be like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like there's no <laughs> way. Um, yeah. So I don't think like, I think more people can probably resonate with what you're about to say than you think. So that's true. That's tell, true. tell us all the details. Okay. So, um, <laughs> 10 years ago when I became a mom for the first time, I ended up, um, I was, I had grown up as a teenager. I was overweight. I didn't feel good about myself. I felt quite terrible about myself. Um, and I had, you know, poor self-confidence, poor self-esteem. Um, I got married and I loved my husband for many reasons, but he loved me for who I was. So he didn't think I needed to change. And I really appreciated that. And so, um, fast forward, I had my daughter and I was like, I, I want to be, I want to be a healthier version of me. I want to be better than I was yesterday kind of thing. And in my mind at the time, I thought that meant losing weight. Now I've, you know, I've learned from that experience. But anyway, I also at that time, I um, was diagnosed with postpartum depression. And I felt overwhelmed with life. And we had bought a jogging stroller. And... I would three days a week, I would take her out, I would put her in the jogging stroller, like rain, shine, snow. Like I bought the little cover for it and we would just go out. And I remember I had this goal that I would be able to do this one loop. <laughs> and when I first did, it, I was like, oh, it's gotta be like six kilometers. And it was like two and a half, <laughs> but <laughs> cause it took so long the first time I was like, I must've been forever, but it wasn't. Um, so eventually I would just go and if something I could control and I would just put her in there and we would go and it got me through a really hard time in my life. And then I went on to, uh, I think it was around her first birthday. I earlier than that, I decided I was going to train for my, for a half marathon. And I had like, I was like, that is not me. Like, it was like, I could barely run five kilometers and my family was like, what are you? what? And, uh, and I ran this half marathon and I, <laughs> it was really hard. Um, so that was the beginning. And then I've gone on to obviously have some more children. So I ran throughout the last 10 years, but since I had my third, um, I ended up having a lot of pelvic floor issues from pregnancy and I did not listen to my body. Um, and I ended up running a 29 kilometer mountain race at about eight months postpartum. And I remember running down the mountain and I could literally, I felt like I could feel my organs moving. And I was like, Angela, you should not have done this. Like, this was not okay. But I kind of felt at that point, like, I was like, if I'm not a runner, like, what am I, you know, like, I, I want to do this. And I, and before that I had run a marathon, I after my second, I had ran a marathon and, but I just remember running for me became attached to my worth in the sense of like, well, I'm not, I was never a, a skinny runner. I was, 
I was always heavier. And I remember my husband would ask me like, Oh, like, do they keep up to you? Do you keep up to your friends? Like when you go running, I was like, no, like, even though I don't look like the typical runner, I was like, I can like actually run like, and it's, it was really interesting to me. And it made me realize that when we look at people, we judge their ability by the size of their body, generally, especially women. Um, and I've like, I don't, I don't necessarily fit the, I'm a fitness instructor. I don't fit that role. I, in the sense of like what society views as what a fitness instructor would be. And so running became kind of difficult because I had this injury. I had to take about a year off of running. Um, I had my fourth child. So for about five years, the last five years, I haven't been able to consistently run. And it's been really hard mentally. Cause I, I actually, I'm like, I'm one of those crazy people that loves to run. I love, I love it. And it was so hard when I couldn't do it and I felt like broken. And I was like, I guess this isn't for me. Um, which I think a lot of people can relate to that. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just blabbering away, but one more thing. So when we moved to New Zealand, um, five kids and we had gotten to this little town that we're in, I really wanted to start running, but I was again, afraid of what was going to happen with my pelvic floor and was I strong enough? Could I do this? So I decided I was going to run every day for a hundred days. And I was like, you can run for two minutes. You can run for five minutes. You can walk and run. Like there was no parameter. And I didn't, I didn't use my watch and I haven't really used my watch since then. Um, I was like, you're just going to go and you're just going to try. And it, and I did it and I'm, I'm surpassed my goal. And now I realize that I'm like, I wasn't broken. Like I did it. And I, and I didn't run like, I didn't, I don't even know how far I ran. I just like ran to feel good. And I'm like, my body's not broken. I can do this. And so that has been mostly my running journey (laughs) to where I am now. I love it. I think it's like, like we said earlier, it's a, it's an example of what many people might experience. And the thing that I sort of like took away from what you were saying is that, you know, in between having kids and sort of, you had this like start and stop that happened and you had some challenges with the postpartum and, you know, just raising kids, like, you know, the, the, the strategy of like caring for that many kids every single day. And so that can really, you know, put a, put a damper on training, but it, it, what I loved about what you were saying was that you just kept trying and you didn't really make it about, you know, that you weren't a runner for starting and stopping and doing this or doing that or not doing this or not doing that. It was just like, you embraced the idea that you were a runner, no matter what, no matter how many kids, no matter how much time, no matter what you looked like physically, what your body was able to do or not able to do. And I think that's super important because you're right. Like we tend to judge people, especially women based on the, their bodies. And what the nice part, what I love about ultras in particular is that you can show up to a race and you will see people of every 
shape and color and size and like you will see everybody and it's awesome. And they're all there to do the thing, whether that's, you know, you're at a race to run a 50K or a hundred or anything and everything in between, everybody there is super excited that you are there and that you've shown up and that you're, you know, gonna get to do your thing. And I've seen people um, that are, in bodies that are much taller, wider, heavier, thicker than some people that you would think, and I'm using air quotes, like you would think are runners and they blow, I'm not super fast, but like they blow me and many other fast people out of the water. And it's just like your size doesn't equate to your speed. And I think that's something that especially us as women, we think, well, if we get like just a little bit smaller, we'll be able to go a little bit faster. And the reality is if you get your engine, go it like your engine, your cardiovascular engine stronger, you'll be able to go faster, right? Like, so we have this, I'm going to use the word warped to describe because to describe the way I used to think about it, I'm not saying anybody else is warped, but like, that was how that was sort of my like warped thinking is like, you know, if I was just a little bit smaller, I could go a little bit faster. That was my marathon sort of thinking. Like when I wanted to try to break four hours in a marathon, I sort of allude to people that like, I haven't really ever said it, but like part of the, the reason I, part of the reason I stopped running marathons is because I was always trying to go faster. And there was always this element of, well, if I'm just a little bit smaller, then I can go faster. And that didn't necessarily equate to like really bad disordered eating, but I could foresee where it was headed if I kept going in that direction. And I was like, I don't really like this. I don't really think that this is a long-term sustainable thing for me. And so it just was happenstance that right around that same time, I saw that article that like opened the door to ultras to me. And I was like, oh, we can walk, we can eat, Mm, (laughs) we can do all of these things. And it's just like, yeah. You're happy if I show up. Like it's not a like hardcore competition from the moment you register. And like everybody at the expo is like staring you down. Like, Oh, are you faster than me? Like, Oh, what's your number? Are you in my age group? Like it doesn't freaking matter. And that's, you know, I mean, we could spend our entire time talking about how ultras are so much, <laughs> so much better and different than other races. But, but yeah, I love that you, started and stopped and you just sort of embraced the ethos of you being a runner versus needing to have some sort of a streak or medals or whatever attached to that name for you. So what are you training for these days? Like, do you have a, a running goal? Are you still, are you thinking about doing like another streak? What are your, what are your plans? So I, it was, when you asked me to do this, I was like, what if she asked me this question? What am I going to say? So the biggest thing, uh, <laughs> um, I don't. Cause you know, I'm yeah, all about big, scary know, goals. Know, so you knew that I, I was going to ask you yeah, this question. So, <laughs> and just for everybody listening, like I didn't give Angela a list of questions <laughs> ahead of time. She's really like, I'm throwing her, this is baptism by bonfire here. I'm just like throwing her in. Yeah, if I never come back. You know why? Um, so, I, I would love to run an ultra. I would love it. That's like my big scary goal. Now, I don't know if that's this year because I feel like, so the biggest thing that I'm scared of is I love making like really 
cute and like pretty uh, charts and lists and things. And so I would make these plans and I would write them out and I would keep the little squares and I would color them in on the day. And the in the last five years, I, I, I had made a couple, but I, I couldn't complete them because I had to stop due to um, injury. And it was super mm-hmm. like deflating because you're staring at this beautiful chart and it's not filled in and you're like, great. And so I am so afraid to sign up for something because I won't be able to complete it. And mm. so, um, that's, that's honestly, I haven't signed up for anything also because I'm scared things are all going to get canceled, but, um, mm. that's, I want, part of me is like, maybe just don't sign up for it. Just tell yourself you'll run this on this day. I'm like, no, you just got to do it. But, um, I haven't signed up for anything because of that. Okay. I love this. So we're going to dig into this because I think there are so many people that fall into this category too. So we're going to, we're going to live coach you into this. And by the end, we're going to have some sort of a, a resolution. So, okay. So you are putting off signing up. Let's just sort of assume that races are going to be a go. Like we are recording this during the time of COVID. So it's sort of a roll of the dice. Let's just assume that races are a go. So we take that circumstance sort of off the table. Why, what is the thought that keeps you from thinking that you can do it? Like what's the thing that you are most afraid of when it comes to not finishing? Um... I think it's not even not finishing. It's that I couldn't even get to it. Like I, it really comes down to the, I think now this sounds like totally left field, but like kind of like what other people are going to think of me. Like if I went to a physio and they're like, well, why, why would you even think of doing this? You can't run. Or why would you think of having five kids? You can't have five kids. Like you get mad at them some, well, of course, you know, it's like, I think it's this, a bit, this idea that I don't truly believe that I can do it because my body must not be strong enough or I'm, I don't, I don't really know what I'm afraid of. But I think this is interesting. No, no, no. It doesn't Sorry. have to be good. No, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be anything. Mm-hmm. This is part of the process that I think um, keeps people from doing these big, scary goals because right away, when someone introduces the idea of going farther, longer, faster, doing some sort of crazy, air quotes, crazy race that is, uh, that, that, a, that uh, is so far away from what you're currently doing. Like, you know, we all have our comfort zone of the things that we feel like, sure, at the drop of a hat, I could go out and run X number of miles. And to have somebody suggest that you would go out and double or triple or quadruple that number, obviously, if you've never done it before, you don't have any evidence from your past that you will be able to do it in the future. And this is where the the sort of mindset piece comes into play. And I think it's a big element in relation to ultras because it is so far from what we, where we are now, 
right? Both figuratively and literally. And so what I love to hear from people is this, their brains sort of work through this process like you just did. And you're like, well, it's not really because, you know, that I wouldn't be able to do it. It's because I just don't know if I can do it. And, and can my body do it? And all of the things that you sort of brought up in that stream of consciousness, those are what I would just call gaps, like gaps in knowledge or gaps in experience. And every single one of those things can be solved for, right? Like every single one of those things, if you were thinking about, let's relate it to your process of moving from Canada to New Zealand, right? Like you had no idea how to do that before no. you started. She's shaking her head. You guys can't see her, but she's like, nope, I did not. Right? Like you had no idea how to do that. So you had to do the research. You had to like look into things. You had to sort of f- figure it out from where you were in Canada and sort of kind of take a few steps forwards and then also go, you know, mentally in your brain to New Zealand and be like, okay, I'm here now. And sort of turn around and look back towards Canada and be like, okay, well, what would be the next logical steps, you know, from this direction? And that's exactly the same sort of steps and process that you would do in order to figure out how to get yourself strong enough or trained enough or to to do any of those, to fill any of those gaps to get you from where you are now to that ultra. So one of the things you mentioned was just being physically strong enough. What are some of the other gaps that you feel like you have when you think about, or what are like, what are the things that when I say, okay, by September 30th, you will have run a 50 K. What does your brain immediately offer up? Like, Oh shit. Like, I don't know how to do this or this or this. Um, it's funny when you say that, I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's good. Like, that's the feeling I want mm-hmm. you to ride the, the majority of the time. It's just like, yeah, I can totally do this. Because as a tangent, whatever you think about, whatever you focus on, that's where you're going to go 100% of the time. So if you focus on, well, I don't know, I can't do it. I don't know. I got to do, I don't know. Then that's where it's going to end up, right? But if you set your sights on this thing and you start every, you have to tell yourself every single day, like, okay, I may not know like right now how to do that thing, but I can sure as shit figure it out. And I'm just going to systematically plug away at this list. But like, so what's on your list? What are the things that you feel like you don't know? Um, I think because I haven't gone a distance farther than say, 10 to 13 kilometers um and any the last time I did go farther than that did not go well um afterwards on my body and so if I were to in a perfect world (laughs) I would love to work on I I think you were saying in one of your podcasts how like you you would just walk to get time on your feet and I'm like yeah that's what I want to do. And so um, I would really like to just work on getting um, more time, get like somehow learn how to go farther and 
get past that point of thinking I can't do that physically, like I'm not strong enough. Um, like what other gaps aside from only having ever gone, you know, in recent years, only ever having gone 13 kilometers and having this thought that I'm just not strong enough. What are some of the other gaps or things that you feel like are holding you back from signing up? I think not knowing all the things like not knowing the nutrition, but like, as I say that, I'm like, well, I could figure it out. But, um, in the past, knowing that I haven't always been super smart with my nutrition when it comes to running um, and understanding I have to actually eat in order to get energy so I can actually run mm-hmm. um, yep. and not having all the equipment, knowing that we don't have a lot of money, excess money to spend on mm-hmm. all the equipment, things like that. Like I know running isn't an incredibly expensive sport, but at the same time, you have to have proper equipment to not hurt yourself. So it's things that I know are, I would say are kind of excuses. Um, but I think it's, I just haven't really done something for me. Um, in that in so long, like I, I take time to exercise and I love doing that. And I take the excuse out of running. Like right now, my husband's, um, working in another city so I can't leave my house to run. So I've been running in my yard <laughs> and I, I have, a I remember this goes back to what you're saying about, oh, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it made me think of this experience when I was, I think I was engaged to my husband and I told my dad, I said, I'm going to run this 16 kilometer mountain race. And this was like, I was a non-active person. <laughs> And he looked at me, he's like, you could never do that. And I like in my heart, I was like, you watch me. <laughs> and like a year later, or not a year later, like two years later, I did it, but I did it a 29 kilometer. Like I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> and so when I told my husband, I'm going to run an ultra, I told him a couple months ago, he has now apologized for his response. <laughs> He, he wasn't super supportive. Let's just say that. And I was like, that really hurt my feelings. Cause he has seen me on the other end. He's seen me like run when I should have been resting and healing. And so he was kind of his, like, you know, that like protective side came out, but he said, that's a really good goal. And I, I think you should do it. And so I, part of me is like, maybe not maybe. I know I can do it. I just, I'm really all about slow and steady because I'm so nervous to hurt myself. Yeah. And I think rightfully so, right? I think there's, there's the opposite end of that would be for you to just go, you know, pedal to the metal and sort of disregard everything that's happened in your past. And then that's sort of a recipe for re-injury and sort of like having to remove yourself altogether from the game. So I'm always a big fan of slow and steady, even if you set the goal for this year and something happens along the way that prevents you from actually towing the line, simply going about it in the slow, steady, smart, strategic way is going to pay off in the long run. Um, So I'm always a fan of that. But I just want to go back because everything you said 
is so on point with what I've been hearing over the last couple of years when I have conversations like online and offline with women who want to start getting into, who want to do their first ultra, just this idea of knowing all of the things ahead of time and having the equipment, having the money, having the time, getting buy-in from family members and um, whether that's a partner or kids or you know, people that you have to sort of recruit to help you in some way, shape or form, these are so common. And then on the flip side, they're also so solvable. And what I love about that is that we can spend a lot of time sort of whipping ourselves up into a frenzy about like, oh, there's all of these things. Like there's all of the, I don't know all of the things about nutrition and gear and food and training and strength training and mobility and all of the things. But if we sort of just step outside ourselves for a second and put the sort of like anxious, nervous, worrisome part of us, like just over here off to the side, it's still there. Like we don't have to like kick it out completely because being somebody who also can sometimes really get like myself worked up over things to have somebody say, well, just ditch it is like, okay, sure. Right. Like, so it still exists, but we're just going to sort of step to the side for a second. If you can just step to the side and start to like logically think through in the same way that you moved yourself from Canada to New Zealand, like what's the, what's the lowest hanging fruit here? So on this list of things, um, I think for you, you already identified it was time on your feet. Like what's the lowest hanging fruit, the most simplest thing that you could do right now that would start to plant that seed and set you up for success to run that ultra, whether it's this year or next year, it's the time on the feet, right? And so what happens is when we start to get these like little wins under our belt, we set ourselves a goal like your your streak to run 100 days. We start to build up confidence in ourselves. And it's not so much like self-confidence that I know I can do the thing. It's confidence that I have the ability to do the thing. I'm not sure that I'm explaining this well, but it's it's a little bit of a difference in how you think about it. But starting to show up and like win the day on doing your shakedown or getting the time on your feet or just practicing one small aspect of your nutrition or whatever, and then just showing up and doing that every single day from now until the time that you tow the line at your race is that is the process. Like that is how you train for your race. It's not because you know all the things ahead of time and then you can start. It's this process of, well, I don't know, what should I eat? And then you're like, you maybe ask some friends, they give you some suggestions, you collect a few of the things and then you go out and you try yeah. it. You know, it's it's this rinse and repeat process, but in a good way. Usually we say rinse and repeat and it's like, yeah, rinse and repeat, Puff. but like rinse and repeat in a good way so that you can keep showing up and building that confidence in yourself that you have knowledge, the talent, the skills, the grit, the fortitude to be able to keep showing up and keep doing it. That's one thing I, um, I talk to myself and I don't, maybe my kids, I say that a lot. I'm not sure. But I talk about like momentum mm -hmm. and for me getting in my workout, doing, going for the walk or whatever, gives me that momentum that I'm like, 
I did that. That was hard to wake up early, have my kids just all around me while I'm doing this, trying to feed them breakfast, trying to like keep my cool. I'm like, I did that. Mm-hmm. And then it like propels me. It's like gives yes. you that confidence that you, well, I did that one day. I could do it again mm-hmm. and again and again and again. And so, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think momentum is the key to all of this too. And, you know, having momentum doesn't necessarily mean that you have a a streak in the sense that, you know, you did your hundred day running streak. Having momentum sometimes means that, like we said before, you just show up every day and give attention to this thing this ultra training, whether that's you actually ran or whether you did a strength training workout or you did, you walked or you had a rest day because that's what's on the plan. And that will also, it actually will propel you forward faster than just trying to, you know, double down and run all the miles and cram all of the training in. And so that's my definition sort of like of, momentum when it comes to ultra training is did you sort of touch this thing every single day to keep it rolling forwards right like it's always got just this little bit of momentum some days it might be faster some days it might be slower but the proverbial ball never stops rolling it's always moving forward I think we should like pick a race I think like you should try to find something and put it on the calendar and put it and and sign up for it, you know, and have it on there. Now, whether that's feasible for you this year or whether you want to have it on the calendar for next year, because I know you guys are like moving and there's like a bunch of stuff going on. So it may not make sense. I'm not trying to push you to, to do it for this year. Like, I think that's the other thing too, is it's okay to make strategic decisions about when you do these races, you know, just because, your friend is doing it or, you know, somebody at work challenged you or I challenged you. Like I can't make that decision for you. You have to pick, you know, a goal that's going to make sense for what you have going on with your life. Um, But I will say that this sort of process of, I want to do it. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. It's going to go on indefinitely until we put us, we put a pin in it, right? We, we, we put some constraints around it and say, it's going to happen on this day at this time in this place. Now, stuff happens, right? We always want to try to make our best effort to show up on that day and like actually do the race. But we can't predict that, just like you sort of alluded to earlier, like, I don't know, maybe the race will get the, they'll pull the plug on it because of the current pandemic. But, you know, we have to almost at this point, like put faith in it, put that, you know, stake in the ground and say, that's what I'm aiming for. It's interesting because I, when I think about ultra running or I think about running a race in my head, I'm like, well, I can't do it in six months. So I, this is obviously not a good way of thinking and I don't agree with myself, but I'm like, I can't do it in six months. So I guess I shouldn't do it. And so it's actually harder for me to put it a year away, but it's probably a smarter for me to do that because it's that idea that 
it's okay that it's not going to happen tomorrow, but I can prepare for it. Like, yeah, I, I think that has that mindset of, I, I can't do it in six weeks or I can't do it in eight weeks or I can't do it in the 16 week training plan. So I may as well not do it at all. I want to stop thinking like that. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why can't you do it in six months? Um, I'm just worried that it's like so many kilometers and my body won't, I won't know how to, I don't know if it's enough time to build up. That's all. How many miles are you running now? Um, kilometers. I don't always use my watch, but I'd say it's like probably the most I run is like 10 K, but I run like five Ks a couple times a week, 10 K every so often. I running longer has been harder because I have to put more time into it and it has not mm-hmm. been, um, again, I'm like, I know this is an excuse, <laughs> but I need to schedule more time to do it, but it has been a bit trickier. Um, but well, it's kind of a catch mm-hmm. 22, right? Because it goes back to this, our, the idea of if you don't actually have a race on the calendar, then it's really easy to be like, well, I don't, I don't have to do anything more than 5k, 10k. And I, you're not scheduling the time. You're not proactively scheduling the time because you're working towards this goal. So it's not that you have necessarily like flawed thinking. It's just sort of flawed strategy. Like the strategy isn't in place. You're just, it's, it's, it's chicken and egg catch 22. Like, you know, we have to sort of, that's why I'm saying like put a stake in the ground and have uh, a place that you're trying to navigate towards And then the things start to like fall into place and you can start to map out because six months is, you know, essentially 24 weeks. That's plenty of time to go from where you are now to where you want to go. And all you would need to do is just start, not that you aren't now, but showing up consistently and putting in the effort. And so what if your body isn't strong enough right now? You're not trying to run it today. Mm-hmm. It's true. Right? You have, it's true. you have 24 weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have 24 weeks. And you don't have to do, you know, six hours worth of strength training every day mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. Like, we have to think about the training process in a more strategic way instead of going from zero to 50K all in one step, which is... Yeah. Where our brains automatically want to go all the time because we're like, well, from here and I got to go there. That's so far. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. But instead, if we walk it back and we're like, okay, well, what's the next step from where I am right now? And we just keep taking that step. And then we stop and ask ourselves the same question. And we do the next one and the next one. And then every once in a while we look up and sort of make sure that we're on track with, you know, where we want to go. And then we put our heads down again and we just do, 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 and look up. Are we still headed in the right direction? Yep. Keep going. It's interesting. Cause I definitely thought that I had to be farther along to start. Like I was like, Oh, I'm not hmm. a long enough distance runner kind of thing. So interesting. So how long did you think you need to be? Um, I thought I had to be able to like, that I was like already running marathons kind of thing. And I was like, I haven't run a marathon in like seven years. And, um, and so 
yeah, I thought that it was kind of like, well, you have to get the marathon distance down. You have and already. You've done it. It's true. Just feels you know like a lifetime feels like. ago. <laughs> yeah. But you have that experience. Yeah. Like you remember, like oh, we I discount, remember. a lot of times people discount that. They're mm-hmm. like, well, I did it seven years ago. Well, you still did it. It's and true. so I'm sure that if you were to sit down, you could go back to that place in your brain and remember mm-hmm. all of the elements of the training and the race. And you will start to bring back, I think I want to kind of segue into this other idea, which is that like, oftentimes we think that we have to know all of the things and we don't trust ourselves enough that we know what's good for us right now and trust ourselves enough that to know that we will figure out what the next step is. And so it's again, the all or nothing like, well, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what's the the perfect shoe, the perfect food, the perfect training plan, whatever. And so I just, I just think I should just wait until I find the perfect thing. And unfortunately it's never going to happen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to say you guys, you heard it here first. Hopefully you didn't hear it here first, but the perfect solution to those things isn't going to happen. And so we just have to develop. This is a theme that I'm noticing a lot, again, in like conversations with clients and, you know, that people are holding themselves back from doing anything, even starting because they're like, I don't know. And the second you say, I don't know, your brain just shuts down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. I'm not even going to bother to try and think of the answer or even Google that shit. Like, it's just like, I don't know, we're done. And so (laughs) I just want to encourage you guys, you know more than you think you know, and you can always find the answer. Mm -hmm. So don't let your compulsory need, and I'm raising my hand because this was me back in the day too. Like I felt like, like I didn't, I needed to know everything in order to start. Mm -hmm. I don't know shit about running 200 miles. I'm just going to be a hundred percent. I don't know shit about running 200 miles, but I signed up, I have paid my money and I'm going and I am figuring it out along the way. And I'm not saying that because I'm like, Oh, I'm running 200 miles. It's like, no, I'm trying to be, my goal is to be an example of what's possible when you don't have any idea what you're doing, like you just figure it out along the way. And so that's what I want to share with you with you guys is like, it's totally doable if you just take that first step and you start the process. Yeah, that's true. It's like such a good mantra for life. <laughs> I feel it like running is. is like, oh my gosh, this is just like all these life principles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of stuff gets solved when you're out on a run too, mm-hmm. because you can sort of, you know, like work through the problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> work through the problem while you're on your run. Okay. So we've basically solved your ultra problem. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> Where do I pay? <laughs> I feel like I just like, it was like a therapy session. I'm like, oh, I just feel so much lighter. Jeez. <laughs> did you know you were gonna do that like thank you we have exercised your no. ultra demons 
Well, I do have to admit that my goal was to sort of try and like coach you over the hump. And because I've been watching you for a while, like share your stories and talk about, you know, what you want to do. And I, you have all the necessary components to do the damn thing. You just need to sign up and then do the damn thing. And again, we can't control all of the aspects of it, right? So one of the other things that I see is people are like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to do it, meaning like the circumstances, like life or something will happen. And that's just, that's, you can't control that circumstance. And so to never put your name into the hat or to never sign up or to never, you're just putting off something that, like you said, this is something that you're doing for you. And so for you not to put your name in and sign up and, you know, put that stake in the ground, you're, you're ignoring that part that you have already said, like, this is such an important part of my life, not only from way back in the um, postpartum days, but going forwards and that you're one of those crazy people that loves to run, like, why not double down on that and just do it? We, we tend, we hold ourselves back a lot. I think women in general, and we put these like limiters on ourselves, like, oh, I could never do that for some BS reason, time, you know, schedule, I don't know, like what would other people think? That was a big one for me. And she's like, none of that really matters. Like if you want to do the thing, then go do the thing. Because when it's all said and done, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for anybody else. You're not doing it necessarily to prove anything to anybody else. Um, it's, it's for you. So yeah, if you're going to put all that time and work and energy in, because you often talk about how mm -hmm. it's not necessarily just about, it's not, it's not about just the race. It's about getting there. It's about everything you learn along that way. So if you could sort of like, well, you are, you're basically talking to all sorts of women that listen, women and men that listen to the podcast and that are sort of like in a similar situation as you, like have a lot going on, have this like ultra goal to be able to do, you know, whether it's a 50K or 50, whatever, you know, 50 miles, whatever, like what sort of, what would you tell them? What would you tell other people that are sort of, have, that have this goal to do an ultra? Just do it. Like, don't hold your, don't think you can't because who, how is that true? Like just, just start. And for me, I had to just start somewhere so that I knew my body wasn't broken anymore. And so I, every day I would just focus on consistency. I was like, just a little bit every day. And if I do a little bit more every day, and a little bit more, then eventually I'll get to where I want to go. And now at this point, I just have to put a pin in it. You know, we talked about that. So, mm -hmm. um, and go to the next level, right? Like sort of just take the next step. You've, you have gone from way back in the day, nothing. We're sort of condensing your timeline mm -hmm. here, right? You've gone from nothing yes. to half marathon to full marathon to some trail races in between. And so that's sort of, um, the first step 
And then the next sort of big, cause that's a big step going from nothing to marathon. Right. And so now we're sort of doubling down cause we're going 50 K, which is just a little bit longer than a marathon, but seems so much longer, right? Seems like a bigger thing. And so now you just have to sort of dial it up a little bit, right? Like just tweak the dial just a little bit to take you to that next level. And I think it's important, something that I have to remind myself, and I'm sure there's other people out there where I can't compare my running journey that I'm on currently Mm. to where I was, because that just like kicks me in the pants because I'm like, well, I used to run a marathon Mm -hmm. and I like, I used to not be able to run without being in pain. And I was like, great, great. You know, and all my kilometer, Mm -hmm. my, my pace, you know, I'm not as fast as I was, or I, that all those things. And I have to think, you know, we always talk about PRs or, you know, things like that. I don't Mm -hmm. know all the, I'm like, what's that name? What's a PB? I always forget. Personal um, best. But there we go. I was like, what? Peanut butter? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I don't get it. Um, That's what PB means to me, peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, bring it on. Um, but it's, I think it's, it's like starting new. Like I'm now mm. this new person. I'm a new person with five kids living in New Zealand let's do this now. Like Mm -hmm. I, yes, all those things do play a part in my journey, but I'm not any less than because Mm -hmm. I'm not running a marathon right now. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who want to do it, just do it. You can do it. And I, I love that you brought that up because I think the comparison thing comes, we could do a whole separate, you know, episode on comparison because it is, it eats your dreams if you let it. And so, you know, comparison between you and other people or you and yourself between who you were, who you used to be or who you want to be and where you are now, there's all sorts of different, um, different ways for you to compare yourself. But I think, again, going back to this idea of, you know, best for you right now, if you can sort of tune out the noise that's happening around you and really only pay attention to the people, places and things that are going to support you and sort of just tune out the people that are judging you or that, you know, aren't supportive of you or that bring you down and just Mm -hmm. focus on the fact that you are where you are right now. And you're just doing your best from where that person, where you are right this moment. And to not try to operate necessarily from how you operated in the past is a whole new set of circumstances, a whole new ball game, play the, play the game you're in versus the one you were in or the one that you necessarily want to be in. You have to sort of bridge the gap there. Well, thank you for coming and hanging out with me. This is so much fun. And um, do you want to share with people where they can follow you on social media? Oh, um, I'm on Instagram and my name is Ange B Real. So just A-N-G letter B Real. It used to be Ange B Fit um, when I was um, kind of growing my fitness business. And then I'm all about just like keeping it real. So now it's Ange B Real. You'll motherhood, running, napping, all the things. (laughs) 
I, your your feed and your stories are very entertaining. I and you definitely keep it real. So I thoroughly enjoy following along on your journey. And I do want to commend you too for, um, I mean I, I know your name is Keep It Real, but the fact that you are being honest and open and you're showing people the ups, the downs, the ins and outs, and like all of the stuff that happens because I think a lot of times people only really want to show the highlight reel. They only want to show the wins, the good stuff, the like perfect post run selfies. Um, And it's just like, that's not, that's 1% of the time. And it's like maybe half a percent of the time that stuff looks really good and polished and things like work out. And it's the other 90, you know, percent of the time, 99% of the time that stuff is just sort of a hot mess. And part of the process is figuring out how to navigate the hot mess and get yourself to the race trained. And that's yep. the, that's the stuff that, I mean, that I aim to share that I know you're sharing. So um, if for any of you guys that are sort of out there trying to navigate the hot mess, <laughs> you want to want some camaraderie, then I would, you're not alone. And I would definitely go follow Angela because you get to see, and plus you get to see New Zealand, especially if you live someplace that's super cold like me, you can, mm-hmm. you can like visualize yeah. living in a warm climate in New Zealand. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and don't wait for that perfect moment to start. Just start. Don't wait for Monday. Just do it. Yeah. Now, now, what do we have to do to get you to take that advice? <laughs> True. <laughs> Who said I didn't hear that? I did. No one said that. <laughs> no, but rest assured. Look up on my phone. I'm gonna find a race. Yes, and we're gonna follow up. So yes. when this follow episode up. airs, it's probably going to be next week. From the week that we are recording it now. So you have about a week or so to find a race. Okay. All right. And when this and when this episode goes live, I'm gonna make a post about it. And then you're gonna comment on the post and tell us what race you've decided on. Whoa! Okay, I can do it. I just threw down some massive accountability. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're Instagram besties anymore. Just kidding. Oh no, I've been disowned. I've been defriended. No, it's good. It's good. We all need. You need people like this in your life. I will admit to being a pusher. It's all right. It's better than being a pushover. An ultra. Ooh, yes. Yeah. I am an ultra pusher. But in, you know, the best, the best possible way. So yeah, you have good intentions. We'll chat chat about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, do the work, see Mm -hmm. if you can find a race and then, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll go from there. That's the first step. Smallest viable possible step forward. Love it. Thank you, Angela, for coming to chat. We'll have to do this again. And maybe, you know, once you've started your training, we'll circle back and talk about the process and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You're the best. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) 
She's the best, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Angela because she really is just the best. And like I said at the beginning, she represents so many of you guys just in her life and her running and what she's doing on a day-to-day basis to keep moving forward and keep striving for her goals. So I want to challenge you guys to get going. If you're on my email list, a couple weeks ago, you got an email from me talking about how I was going to go dark and take a little bit of a break from social media. And it worked. It helped me to sort of get refocused and just dialed into what I need to do. In that email, I talked about how we're on month two of 12 for 2022. And maybe you're not quite where you thought you would be in terms of your training, or maybe your training hasn't quite kicked in yet. And you need to start to get focused on what you need to do. And I want to invite you guys, if you're not already on my email list, to do so because the next couple of months, I'm going to be churning out a bunch of stuff that's going to help you get dialed in. I'm going to be sharing things that you should be doing right now in order to get your training situated. So that means checking out how many days you have left until your race is coming up and working the countdown like I'm doing in my Instagram stories so that you know what you should have accomplished by what day in that countdown. So you can go to my website, megan-gould.com forward slash email to get on my email list. That's the fastest, simplest way to do so. And I typically send emails every Wednesday, but they might come a little more frequently because I have a lot to say these days. So just keep that in mind and make sure when you get the emails that you drag them into your inbox so that you don't miss anything, especially if you kind of just want the roadmap to get to your big scary running goal of 2022. So again, go to my website, Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N dash Gould, G-O-U-L-D dot com forward slash email to get on my email list. All right, you guys, that's all for this episode. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. (laughs) 